two, I guess, or the extended episode of the um, return back from the All-Star break and the trade deadline. Um, we are your hosts. This is the Labada Podcast, Tobias, Sivash, and Chris. Boys, I already know how you're doing, and we're going to get into the take of the week. Um, but I think I want to start maybe with where we had ended off on the last episode, Sivash. Um, we were talking about... Why am I forgetting this? Literally, right Joel now. What were we talking and about? How Aikman has changed the league. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you know, MVPs coming up. Um, obviously, there's a couple, probably about four guys that are that are uh, in mention, maybe five. Um, but uh, you know, maybe just just talk on that and talk on the MVP, um, the race that is right now. For our listeners that are listening to this episode first, please go back and check yeah, out the last true. episode. Um, we're kind of picking up from a conversation where Toe brought up how Joel Embiid and the big men nowadays are kind of making a comeback from the last few years where the whole big man role was gone and the people were trying to do small ball and how Joel Embiid's going to be defended in the playoffs. And I said, I kind of wanted to save this for the MVP conversation. And I'm going to mix this up with my take of the week. We're going to get to that at some point, too. But I think with the MVP conversation right now, some of the biggest guys right now up there are Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, and DeRozan. Yeah, those are the four guys that come to mind for me. There's one more, but those are the four. Chris Paul, John Morant, yeah. those guys are there. Steph, he's around there. Chris, I don't know if you think of any other names that I haven't mentioned, but if you do... No, I think you pretty much, yeah. Like, like we're not putting Chris Boucher in the talks again. So not Pascal. No, but for like do you have all of them? What? Some people saying yeah. still like Jimmy Butler, Luca still. Jimmy Luca's doing his thing. Those are good names. Thank you for bringing those up as well. Yeah, this is what Devin my Devin Booker. I think Chris Paul might deserve a little yeah, bit more. We can touch on that, but I I would take Chris Paul. I think mm. Chris Paul because I think that's the but that's the damage that they have on each other is that both of them are so good that yeah. if you pick one, mm-hmm. it's like the other one's also helping, so you can't pick any of them, right? It's like the whole yeah. Steph and KD and with the Warriors. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do that. I like. I think we talked about it before. I don't know if it was like for this MVP, but I had mentioned I I have trouble voting when there's two guys that are doing something on one team. I have trouble giving that award to one person. Maybe it was with Chris Paul last year because I think we had the conversation again with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But I, I, I need that guy to be that guy. Yeah. I Okay. So with that conversation, I want to mix our last conversation with the big man making a return. I think we're getting to a good age of analytics. Mm-hmm. In the past five to seven years, the big man rule has been going downhill um, because of the game changing, the spacing, and the three-point shooting. Having a big man that can't shoot, having a big man that can't move as quickly has been a uh, damaging role. We saw with guys like Andre Drummond, who at the start of his career had a very promising career with being an all-NBA uh, player with all, all-star nods. But then now he's become a guy who is good for that perfect like 20 yeah. minutes a game, but he might not be able to get a max contract anymore, even though he was a top five center a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to a point where the center position is a bit different. I think after like the top seven to 10, there's a big drop off that you can fill up that position with anybody else. But that top seven to 10 are the big difference makers today. And let me express, in my opinion, at least there's a, there's a big difference. Cause I, I get, I guess it depends on who you put in that top seven, 
But like just thinking about these two guys, for example, and I know that there's a difference between them, but let me explain. There's a difference between Joel Embiid and Robert Williams. Like Joel Embiid is a seven foot center that can pass, score, rebound, block, steal. He can do everything. Robert Williams can can do things, but again, there's a difference between a seven foot center that can do all of that. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm a traditionalist it, when it comes to my size. Of course, pause. But when <laughs> we look at it, like you got Embiid, Jokic, Gobert, Cat, Aiden. I'm missing somebody else. I think Capello's up there. Vucevic. Wow, we there get is to seven. Yeah, we get to like seven. Then even let's say Robert Williams. I'm really trying to think of all these players, but it's around seven to ten at most. Like I mean, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is honestly creeping his way in terms of a defensive aspect, creeping his sure. way into a big conversation. I know he plays four, but, but right. But then that's the thing. After that, there's a big drop off. You can fill in those positions with whoever. Look at the um, the Hornets. They just traded. A bunch of guys to get Montrez. Let's be honest, Montrez is not going to be that difference maker. Miles Turner might be one of those 10 guys, but he's good at his own position. So, with that said, I think we're getting to a good age of analytics where we're finally finding those like perfect usages for these players that are good at what they are good at. And relating back to the MVP conversation, my biggest problem today is that we're focusing on what some players can't do more than we focus on what they should be able to do. Okay. okay. So instead of like taking away from them that we should more so look at how they're contributing. Exactly. You look at a guy like DeMar DeRozan, the mm-hmm. past six to seven years, this guy's yeah. got to shoot. If this guy can't shoot, they're not going to be able to do anything. Now he's thriving off not shooting a three-pointer and just playing in that mid-range, taking that efficient shot for him. But if you go with analytics, the past few years, don't take a mid-range shot because it's not efficient. It's not efficient. For anybody that doesn't understand analytics, and I'm going to go over it as quickly as possible, the analytics goes off of the probability of a shot going in and its closeness to the basket and then how many points you can get with those probabilities. So the shot at the basket is most worth it because... Anybody that plays basketball has a better shot at making a shot at the basket than five feet out, 10 feet out, 20 feet out. So then, and then you have the chance of getting fouled. Then you come out to, as you get further, the chances and the efficiency goes down until you get to the three-point line because you get more points by shooting a shot that is like one feet out than that other shot. So that's where with analytics, they don't like mid-range shots. They don't like deep twos. And you saw with the Harden, uh, with the Rockets, where Harden was a point guard, they never took a two-point. It was always mm-hmm. three or going to the basket. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting to that perfect age of analytics where every shot has its worth. Chris Paul shooting mid-ranges. Devin Booker shooting mid-ranges. DeMar is mm-hmm. thriving off that, putting up 35 points a game. I think we're getting that good time. And I don't know what you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, well, it'll it'll two things. It'll be good because... It's the the '90s game when the when the game of basketball was was invented. The way to score was the mid range, so you're bringing back that traditional side of basketball while also having this new era of of the Steph Curry three. Um, so I like it. Um, I think uh, in terms of uh, this this stuck in my mind, so I'm just gonna say it. it's a it's a shout out to 
Chris, because I don't think Steve Ash, you'll get the reference. But when Nathan Scott finally got signed by the Charlotte Bobcats in One Tree Hill, Jamie Lucas Scott, Nathan's son, said, just shoot more than threes. A three is worth more than two. Just shoot more than threes. So obviously, I mean, everybody understands that, that a three is more than two. So it's just interesting to me because I don't, I'm much more of a, an eye test guy. It's interesting to me that the analytics say no mid ranges because you talked about the measurement and the equation. It It's about the closest to the, to the basket. So I just found that interesting, but I guess there's more bodies in the paint and more bodies around the mid range, which makes it more difficult to shoot. It just makes it less uh, worth it to shoot because True. you the higher risk as close it. to the basket and you can get yeah. fouled and you can have a better percentage of shooting at the basket I understand until you get to the three-point line. Then that shot is actually worth it because if you shoot 40% from three-point line, points per position gets to, I believe, somewhere like 1.25 or something like that. Mm. It, those analytics guys, listen, I'm not part of that. I think... I've actually hated analytics for some You're time. definitely, I was going to say, you're definitely, out of yeah. this podcast, you're the analytics rep, for sure. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Out of the three of us, probably. But if you yeah. talk to me and going back to our MVP conversation, I remember having this comment with somebody who I was saying, look, DeMar is right there in this combo. Yeah. DeMar and MB to me are like right there. Now, we can take away, look, what Embiid has done, what DeMar hasn't done. And the guy was trying to tell me, like, oh, Embiid, we balance better than DeMar. DeMar well, is a six-foot-six six shooting yep. guard. <laughs> yep. Like, that's different. Oh, that's where I has go, the same... That's what? where I go. I, I just mentioned in the past, like, I, I, you, it's, it's difficult to compare eras, but it's also difficult to compare positions, especially when you're talking. I get it, DeMar can play the four sometimes, but, like, especially if you're talking about a guard and a forward or a guard and a big. You know what I mean? Like, a guard and a big, like, that, of course he's not going to rebound. Like, there's a stat, something yeah. about, like, a guard, a, a point guard could average 5.5 rebounds. I think it's Jimmy Highroller that did it. He did a whole video on, you know, he did a whole video on Mike versus LeBron. But the point I'm trying to make, I'm not talking about Mike versus LeBron. I'm talking about the position average, right? Where it's like, it, it, no, but it's like, it's like if, if, if LaMelo Ball averaged six and a half rebounds a game average seven rebounds i'm thinking in sports betting terms sorry if if lamella ball averaged seven rebounds a game and um carl anthony towns averaged four rebounds a game lamella ball or, or sorry carl anthony towns averaged seven rebounds every rebounds a game carl anthony towns in terms of numerics yeah he has more rebounds but lamella is a better rebounder because he's a guard he doesn't play that position and he has almost equal to rebounds in terms of chances that Cat had. Does that make sense? Did I, did I explain that right? It's like LaMelo has less time in the paint. However, but he's he almost grabbing almost just as many boards. Exactly. Yeah. So there yeah, no, by analytics or stats, LaMelo is a better rebounder. So to get what your point, where you're, where you're getting, I'm sorry to be long-winded and steal your thunder here, Steve Ash, no. but it's, it's the point of comparing positions on stats when it has no wait. The, again, and this goes back to last year's MVP race. Again, Embiid was injured, and that's fair. But people had Jokic better than Embiid for the analytics, but also the fact that he could facilitate and move the ball. That's something, again, I'm going to throw this to Chris. How would you feel if you're playing your best at what you're great at and somebody else is doing almost as good as that, but they're also doing something else? Which should you be taking down a step because 
you're not doing what he's doing because he's doing everything. Or you should be celebrating like, hey, this guy's playing his best and they're the best team in the league versus this other guy who's playing almost as good, but he's doing something extra. But that's not what the position is asking for. Mm. 10 years ago, if a center had like... So let's assists, use it. Let's, let's, let's use yeah. it as a, as a point guard. Let's <laughs> use it as a point guard and let's use the stat of blocks because how often does a block... Or rebounds, a triple threat. Very rare. Yeah, triple doubles. Yeah. So, so then use that... Whatever, like uh, Lamella Ball does grab rebounds, so you, you yeah. use Lamella Ball. So Lamella has seven rebounds, and Jaw has three rebounds, but Jaw's got twenty-eight points a game. Lamella only a got sixteen seed. points. Yeah. Like, how do we view that, right? Like with uh, what was it? Uh, with Russ, like Russ got a triple double, automatic like MVP. It's like that's look. what it was. Thank you. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry. I, I remember what the thing was. <laughs> the thing I have to announce on the podcast. All right, I don't okay. forget the right. podcast. All right, announce it later. But <laughs> yeah, like, are we going to view Russ now as a better player because he can rebound better than the next player, but the next player is doing better than him? Like, again, that same season, James Harden and the Rockets were a better seed. James Harden was doing as good as uh, Russ, but Russ got it because he was averaging a triple double. That's the comparable. The James and Russell. That's a good comparable. Because they're both the exact same position, you're right. They have their own team, you're right. Same conference. But as a point guard, the job is to facilitate and to score. You're not really counted on to be a rebounder as a point guard. However, like you said, Russ averaged a triple-double and he was rebounding. And James Harden's rebounds, I'm sure, were decent. Probably seven or eight rebounds. But they weren't what Russell's were. However, I'm sure the points accumulated were higher with James Harden. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a tough question. It's tough, right? Because it's like you look at it as if like, yes, the James Harden and Russ, it's like, you know, maybe Russ is grabbing more boards, doing some extra stuff that like you're not really expecting a player in his position to do. But then it's not also not something that you would want as like an organization or for something from your team, you know? Because it's like, yes, maybe Russ isn't scoring as many points, but he's kind of making up for that in other categories, you know? And it's... When I, I think might... the Jokic example is a bit difficult because Jokic is actually, like, making his team miles better than what they could have been if he That's was just a back-to-the-basket guy or he was just a bucket getter. Like, if you really watch... I think back to the series from last year where they played the Portland Trailblazers. Jokic, mm-hmm. every position mm-hmm. on the court. Post up, either I got in the scanner or Roku on me, and we're going to play the offense if they try to help. I'm going to kick it out to the right person because I know who is open. And if they don't double me, I'm going to get my bucket. So having that, yeah, it's a much better weapon. But I think with the rebounding, I think that is a better example because it does affect the game. But also, it's like it doesn't affect it that much to be like, oh, this guy is now better because he's doing this. Yeah. If you're doing what you're supposed to, is that not enough? Like DeMar DeRozan, for example. Somebody, again, the same conversation. They said Joel has better rebounds. Joel has almost as good as assists. But that's not DeMar's job to facilitate. DeMar, here you go. Go get a bucket for us. DeMar's not yeah. running a pick and roll. DeMar's not doing none of that. He just catches the ball. He isos. He gets a bucket. You know where I might then look in that conversation is uh, points responsible for. However, again, that's only one side of the game. 
if I'm in that conversation, the Joel Embiid versus DeRozan, the point that I'm bringing up, and unfortunately it's it's opposing you, Sivash, I'm not bringing up the rebound thing because, again, I agree with you on that. How does Joel Embiid's defense reflect his team's success versus how does DeMar's defense reflect his team's success? I think DeMar's upped his defense than he has in the past. I think he's a better defender. But that would be the argument I would go towards. Not about rebounds, because that's not fair to that's not fair to Demar or that's not fair to Joel. Because again, the conversation we just had about the little mellow versus the cat thing, it's the same thing. If whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. And I think with the MVP thing, look, for years this whole seeding thing has been a big talk. Now, of course, the Sixers are in like the top three, but if the Sixers weren't in the top three, that's Joel, Giannis and them are not in the top three, Jokic and them are not in the up top three. So then DeRozan and the Bulls being a top three or even number one seed with everybody being injured, our three best defenders haven't even played together and him just carrying us by putting up 35 points, what kind of numbers? Look, that whole time, that's all I was saying is that if without that guy, we might have been like out of the playoffs. But right now we're I, sitting second seed pretty. Yeah, I want to, and, and DeMar's been balling out. DeMar's the main yeah. reason for that. Um, I want to ask you guys this because we had this conversation last year. And I know where I stand. I'd like to see where you guys stand because I'm I'm almost certain Sivash might have changed his stance. I don't know for sure though. You just mentioned the top three, right? MVP should be top three or top four. Do you agree with do you guys agree with that? And Chris, I'll let you start. Because I thought last year you were a proponent of it doesn't have to be top three. And now, I'm away from the Chris sound of your whistle might be changing. <laughs> it's not changing, and I can't explain it right now, but okay. I'm like, Chris, get his shit off. Okay, yeah. No, I do you, think... So uh, do you think top three is, a, is an important factor? Top four, a home seed in the more playoffs? more important than the performance. Not more important. Does Is it a major factor in MVP sure. voting? I, I'm pretty sure my stance on this last year was I feel like it shouldn't affect that. Because it's like, why should my MVP case be in jeopardy? Because, you know, I've been falling out. I've been doing everything I can do to help this team and lead this team and take it to where it is. But just because we can't get dubs, now that affects me. And now my name is out of the running. Because it was you the know? Steph situation last year. Remember, yeah. Chris? Remember Steph there? The Warriors were like, play and see. But it was like, Steph is fucking going nuclear right off. now. Like, yeah. how can you not? Yeah. But I was like... I can't because he's not a winning and I still am like that. That's still my belief. Yeah. But I'd to see how you guys think. Here's here's my take. The only reason I'm going for that is keep the same energy. Steph didn't get it last year. He was going nuclear. The That's best true. Nope. he's ever had. I agree. I agree. Oh, and B's going nuclear? Oh, where are you in the top three seed? Yeah. Keep the same energy. Yeah. Now my no, team totally is number agree. one. My guy, again, this is not like the Jazz last year where Gobert and like Mitchell are putting up like 25 points a game. Yeah. The Rosen's literally carrying us. That's There's no questions, ifs, or buts about it. Our team has been riddled with injuries. Look at our defenses. Our three best defenders, Pat Williams, Caruso, and Lonzo Ball, have not played in the past four months, three mm-hmm. months probably. It's like, dude, and we're still winning because of this guy and the surrounding team, but this guy is He's going nuclear. Yeah. 
He's the yeah. biggest factor. So if I if, if he's not dropping one, thirty every night, yeah, he was dropping even like in their loss with the Memphis, he dropped thirty one. That's true. Now Jaw went nuclear too. Respect there, but still, if my team, so all I'm saying is, if the Bulls are number one and those three other guys, Giannis and Bead and Jokic are out of the top three, I don't want to hear nothing about like, oh, they're going great, they're playing great. No, That's fair. keep the same energy you've kept for the past what forty years, where the only guy that was in the top three seating was Russell Westbrook. Keep that same energy. That's all I'm asking for. No, okay. that's, that's that's true. Fair. That's fair. That's and that fair. actually, um, that's a perfect segue to be honest. So I I sparked up in the middle of your of your <laughs> I'm, I'm thing that you're talking about. Just totally like like we talking about nu- like going nuclear. Like wait, I just totally went nuclear over your point, but. I had messaged in the group maybe about a week ago or a half week ago that I had a point that I wanted to bring up on the podcast. And it's something that I've been questioning lately, um, but really a lot this year. I don't know about your sexuality. (laughs) No. So we we talked, just talked about Russell Westbrook and the triple-double, right? And how massive it was. And, you know, you're giving him an MVP because he went triple-double. And the next year you got a triple-double. And the next year you got a triple-double. And he's averaging a triple-double. And he's getting triple-double playing for the Lakers. And Josh Giddey's youngest guy to ever get a triple-double. Three times in a row. Right before the All-Star. DeJounte Murray, my guy, is getting triple-doubles. LaMelo Ball, triple-double. Here's my question. Has, and I don't want to pin it all on him, but has Russell Westbrook or has the triple-double, is its value now lower than it was before? Because we talk about how tremendous it was that Oscar Robertson did this. And then how amazing it was that Russell was doing it. And then he did it enough to average it for the whole season. And then he did it again. And now it's like Josh Giddy, who like respect to Josh Giddy, but like he's more famous on TikTok than he is on than he is in the basketball court. Like, and he's averaging, he's the third, he gets the, the uh, bottom three or the top three records for youngest player to ever uh, get a triple double in a game. Has the value of a triple double gone down? Like I, I just like if I'm having a conversation about a, a MVP and someone's like this guy had 18 triple doubles, I don't care. Like it's it's not as important to me as it was five years ago, Chris. Because it was massive when Russ was doing it, but now it's just so normal. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, because I, I, I literally initially I just shook my head, be like, no, like the value of the triple double hasn't gone yeah. down because. Like, you know, essentially every time I play, if I was on a, a basketball team, every game I play, I potentially have the chance to get a triple-double. It's like, it, it's always there. So it's whether I get one, you know, first week or fucking 10 years down the road, I finally get triple-doubles, whatever, like, it, it's always there. But I guess now thinking about it with you mentioning Russ constantly averaging a triple-double for an entire season, and he's made a triple-double, like, so that, you know, and that's you, amazing. Yeah, and it's like that 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 feat is amazing that you average one in an entire season. But it's like, yeah, it's almost like, hmm, you know, the frequency at which we are seeing, oh, Russ triple double, oh, cool, whatever. Russ triple double, oh, yeah, it's whatever. And now you see, like you said, like Lamelo, all the people triple double, oh, you just kind of slump it off. It's like, oh, sick, yeah, whatever. They, they got triple double, no big deal. But I feel like if Russ didn't get them with the frequency that he did and averaged that, then yeah, maybe it still might be more of a big deal. Um, I think it's just like that similar to like, kind of like voters fatigue that we were getting with like Gobert. It's just like, we see it so much that we're just kind of like, yeah, it's 
Chocobo, no big deal. You know what it is? I'm gonna I'm just gonna jump in before Steve actually go in. And this is a terrible example. This is a terrible example. But this is the first one that popped in my mind. There's there is like a school shooting in America every single day. Okay, we're there's gonna, been we're just, one. What the fuck? But this is what I'm yeah, saying. We're gonna we're gonna back people. Right, people I gotta remove this part. People in news are desensitized to murder. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. They're they're desensitized to this. So in the same sense, I feel like the NBA might be desensitized to a triple double because it happens so often. That's my comparison. Again, I know terrible worst thing. I don't know what. There's the first but, thing. You know what? You, you didn't have to start with school shooting. You could have just said <laughs> violence in general. I probably should have like led into people it are desensitized to violence and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like it's no big deal for somebody to be like. You know, back in the day, you'd get kids watching these crazy videos and be like, oh, my God. And then parents would freak out and you'd just like, oh, it's no big deal. I just, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah, so I just think that the league might be desensitized to the Russell West, or the not the Russell Westbrook, but the triple-double uh, in general. Again, still an impressive thing. Um, like, the stat was something like, like, in his career, I think Michael Jordan had 18 triple-doubles. And then... Jokic this year has like 13 <laughs> and it's like so that's that's where I started thinking of it I was like true like and again I know the 90s is a long way away from five years ago but five years ago is when we started to see that evolution more so so I don't know that's just the thought that came to my mind but Sivash go ahead um sorry if I wasn't paying attention I was trying to pull up like the specific stat because this has been talked about a lot in the past few years how the pace of the game has changed um, we saw That's it true. like the very fast-paced game back in uh, 06, 07 with the six or with the seven seconds or less Suns. Mm-hmm. Now, if you compare them, they're probably like bottom three in pacing when it comes That's to true. today's league. And I'm just looking at like the averages of the past 20 years. Back in like 2005 or six, you could get 90 positions per 48 minutes. Oh, dude, the scores season. would be like. 72 to 91 like that's what i'm saying right like the field goal attempts was like 79 attempts a game now you get 100 positions per game and the field goal attempts is like over 80 or 90. so you look at and again this is league average if you go to the best teams it's probably like way higher than like what the league average is right with that said i think it's just the league the way it went you found like these to be more common as you said the voters fatigue us just seeing it more yeah. common. I look at it nowadays. Sometimes a player gets like 50 points. I'm like, okay, how many assists or rebounds? Like yeah. that 50 points is not enough. Yeah. Like yeah, we've true. seen, like we've become that's desensitized true. because like James Harden was putting up 60 point triple doubles mm-hmm. for like years in Houston. And we were just like, oh yeah, that's just James right there. Oh yeah. That's just Braun putting up 43 a triple double in the playoffs and the finals. No, that's just yeah. fun. Yeah. It's just become so common. And at some point, we just stop looking at it because we also realize that it doesn't define the game if you don't win. You're right, because, like, you brought up the, oh, like, you only had this many assists, you only had this many rebounds. Like, I just had a bet on uh, De'Aaron Fox probably about a week ago. Um, I had him to get a, a double-double. Because, um, again, I'll bet on triple-doubles because they're so they come so often. Um, but I had him to get a double-double, and he put up 24 points. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I looked, and I was like, why do you have three assists? Why does he have two rebounds? Like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, you're a point guard. Like, do you not do this? And then I was like, well, yeah. Why am I Why am I being greedy? Just put up 24 points. Like, that's good. But not so that's good And I don't know. Maybe we can get into our takes of the week. I kind of mentioned this before is that, man, stats are just overrated. Analytics yeah. are just at some point we got to stop looking at these 
And like, that's what we're doing with betting. Um, I did that with like fantasy. I stopped playing fantasy just because of that. Cause I was just bringing down these people to numbers. I'm looking Same. at it like this player just put up 23 a game. Like, what does that mean? It's like, no, bro, go watch a game. This guy is not even trying. He's just going with the flow of the game. He's getting certain shots and he's just shooting them. He's efficient. The stats don't define everything. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I think analytics just have put us in a position. Now we're getting to a good point, but in the past few years, I think it put us in a bad position where we're judging players for what they aren't when they yeah. could be better, like with DeMar, with all these guys that just could be better players if you just took out the analytics part and just let them be good at what they're good at. Yeah. Yeah, the eye test will always have its have its place in sports, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Take of the week. Let's get into some spicy. Let's get into some salty, but let's get into the takes of the week. Uh, I think Sivash is – or not Sivash. Uh, I think Chris was just crunching on something right there. Uh, so – if okay. you're if you are ready to talk after your quick little snack, snack let us know. Do you have a take of the week? Um, I don't really have one because, like I said, I didn't really get too much time to watch basketball. Sure. So I'm catching up on a lot of things. I'm seeing highlights from stuff. I'm seeing like, you know, catching all the players' terrible reactions to these dunk competitions, All Star Weekend in general. Catching the memes because I saw the memes, but I didn't get the memes, you know. So. I'm just playing. True, catch-up. true. Wow, well, I'm playing catch. It's like if somebody didn't watch that dunk competition when Dwayne Wade did the had the glasses thing, they would be like, "Why is Dwayne Wade all doing that? Why does everybody hate Dwayne Wade?" <laughs> Chris, let me throw something for you. Uh, when you Come were when you were watching the players play in Turkey, mm-hmm. do you think there could ever be a situation where one of those teams can be the NBA team, whether today's league or past few years, a team that was really, really bad? Your pick, you think any of those European League teams can beat an NBA team in one game? Definitely, yes. Yeah. Because there are there are a lot of players in the NBA today who don't deserve a job in the NBA. And they've just oh, somehow have they've come into the league and it's just been it's just been good. They've been able to coast and they've just been able to be there. I've just been lucky to be there. Whether I've seen a lot of other like hard working like players in some of these like Euro games that's like, you know what? You could definitely take this man's job if given the opportunity to take this man's job. But you haven't been given that opportunity. So, you know, kind of right time, wrong place kind of thing, you know? But there are there are definitely teams that could crunch an NBA team, especially some of the lower seeded teams. So they should just do, do like a game of bump. They should do a game of bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bump to see if you get in the league right now. Right. Just, so I, I don't know, man. I disagree. I think, I mean, I do think the guys out in the Euro League and like other uh, leagues outside the NBA are very talented. Mm-hmm. I think the guy on the worst basketball league in the world is like the best like YMCA player we will ever see. Mm-hmm. Right. I do believe that. But I think they're. There might be a bit of a gap between those guys and the starting lineup of, let's say, the Magic. Mm. Let's use the Pistons. Sure. No, 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 no. Pistons who just beat the who did they just beat? I think the Memphis. They just beat somebody off a buzzer beater. So think about it. One, they beat some of the best teams in the league. Houston? No, Houston's got fifteen wins, and they beat the Lakers. And that's what I mean, right? Like, the worst teams get to beat <laughs> no, some of the best teams 
Yeah. Because I, I think the talent is not about like the talent. I think talent is like comparable, mm -hmm. but I think it's more about like, and going back to something we've talked about before, why Jello Ball is not in the league. It's not about his talent. It's about the schemes that the league gets to play. These guys can be the best players on their own, but when you come into a league of the best of the best, they will play schemes on you and have to be on top of your game defensively and offensively on every position mm -hmm. to be able to survive and be able to actually win. I'll tell you what. In a seven-game series, I bet you that team wins one. I, I think so too, win. for sure. Because like the biggest, the biggest disservice you can do yourself in any sport, but especially in basketball, and we've seen it, we see it a lot. But playing down to your competition, mm -hmm. the Suns enter the Rock, the Rockets arena. They just, actually just happened with them against uh, against OKC. You go into the arena and you you dismiss your opponent. You've already lost the game. Once you start dismissing yeah. your opponent, it doesn't matter where you are. If you start playing down to your opponent, that opponent is playing up to you. So, I don't know. I, I would think that maybe a team, you know, let's just say the Magic, would go in there and they're like, oh, it's fucking turkey. Well, this is a well I mean, you, you always see it, too. Like, when you, we get into, like, Olympic-level basketball and you have these other countries yeah. beating Team USA, Team USA should always be the most dominant team there. But then you'll see them get clapped by, like, Argentina or something like that, right? It's like... What's going on? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Here we go. <laughs> tell me what, Tobias. Tell me what. <laughs> One of those turkey teams, I guarantee you, would win two games against the Lakers. Because of defense. All right. All right. Because no. of defense, bro. There was a game last night. There was a five-on-one. This is not hockey. Dwight Howard was the only guy that got back. This is not hockey. Did you Wait, see Howard. LeBron? Did you see LeBron turn it on and beat the Utah Jazz? I think it was last week or before I did. the All Star. I did. I had a bet on that, so I was hoping that he would do that. So I like LeBron when I like LeBron. I don't like LeBron. When I don't want. God, it's like <laughs> I, I, I look, I look at the names. I see, I see you as in me. I see Siavash Gorbani, but then now when I look in the middle, it looks like it says Tobias Bayless. It's weird. Bayless, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish, bro. Maybe you are. You know what? You should do. You should do a do another little twenty three and me and get like a paternity test for him. Because I, you might be a long lost DNA long from Listen, I've already started the email. Skip and son proposal. <laughs> Skip and son. Think about that Come show. On. Fox Sports, call us right now. Skip and son. There we go. So like a twenty hour dick writing of MJ every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just slander to Scottie Pippen. Not even LeBron. We can handle LeBron, but slander to Scottie Pippen. Did you guys Maybe see that uh, MJ giving, or sorry, Skip Bayless giving his like top 10 NBA 75 players and he had LeBron at nine? Come on. Come on. That's what I saw. And I was like, I I was with Terry. I was like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, what? And I was like, bro, that's like, that is disrespectful. Oh, that's that true. Okay. Fuck it. Let's get into it, Tobe. Give us your take of the week because me and Chris got to have a conversation about what he was talking to us from Turkey about Kobe not being top five. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, uh, my take of the week, I'll make it quick, and we, we talked about it briefly, and it, and it does have to do a bit with the MVP race. <clears throat> um, the Western Conference, that four-seed pack that we were looking at, it's kind of a three-seed pack right now. It's just Phoenix, um, Golden State, and Memphis. Um, 
that's gonna i think that's gonna open up a lot more i don't think i don't know if the phoenix suns finish with the number one seed i think losing chris paul is really gonna affect them i think you know i touched i touched on a a bit earlier i think in terms of leadership i think Devin booker's definitely learned a lot but in terms of playmaking and defense um i think that that's gonna affect them a lot we could see golden state take the over the number one seed we could see uh, memphis take over the number one seed but i think uh i think utah's kind of out of that race um they're just trying to stay ahead of Dallas, so Tope can win some money against Chris. But um, okay, yeah, that's that's my take. I just think that uh, the Chris Paul loss for the Suns is, is going to be detrimental because I'm pretty sure it's going into the playoffs. Um, he won't come back I until it's so, like early too. playoffs. So <clears throat> yeah, he was playing with a strap on his hand in the All Star game too. Yeah, how did you feel? Like I know you didn't watch the the All Star stuff, but that's a little PTSD for you, Chris. Remember when Kyle Lowry went to the All-Star game, but he was, like, bandaged up and then comes back, and it's like, oh, Kyle Lowry's out. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck. Thanks for going. Thanks. Appreciate it. Good good yeah. times. Huh. Fucking. Fucking I get it. Like, enjoy the festivities and go, and, like, especially, like, for a year like this with the 75th, you want to be hanging around those guys. But, like, bro, you don't, you, you don't need to play or, like, do anything. Like, you can just sit there. But, yeah. That is my take. Now... We got, uh, I wasn't on the call, but I could tell because I looked at the time and I looked at his story. We got, we got a very drunken phone call from Chris. Oh, let me tell Turkey. you, bro. Tell, oh, tell us about it because you were on the call. So you tell me what happened because I'm, I'm a listener at this point. Yeah. So for our listeners, including Tobias, Thank we you. have a group chat that we sometimes, we get like a call <clears> where somebody's trying to place a call for everybody. Nine times out of ten, I'm around because, you know, I work from home, whatever. I can pick it up. I'm at work, and I pick it up, and it's just Chris drunk as hell. He's hey. just like, yo, yo, see, yo, what's, yo, talk to me. It's, it's Kobe top five. To I'm like, I'm just laughing, right? I'm like, Can you Chris hear him at all, or is, like, the music going too much? We were, we were, well. we were in a shisha lounge, we were, so, like, the music wasn't yeah. terribly loud. It was okay. dark, but you know he was lit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... And I'm like, where's Tobias for this one? This would have been great, right? So he's like, yo, talk. Is he top five all time? I'm like, yeah. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He's just like, he's like, you don't know anything. And he just hangs up. (laughs) And we start texting after. And I'm like, yo, where was Tobias for this, man? Like, this shit is perfect. Bro, like I said, we were in that sheet lounge. And we were all so drunk. And having this discussion that we were all how does this come up? How does this come up? I can't remember. We're hanging out. We were, I think, because was this maybe there might have been a ball game or something on like TV or whatever, and we're all watching or whatever. And then it's there's actually one of the other Canadian guys that's there, like kind of like brought it up or something, talking about like top five. We started talking about Kobe or whatever, and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, Kobe's like easily like." number four, number three. And it's like, oh, if you don't have it going as like LeBron, Michael, Kobe, you're wild. I was like, bro, like, Kobe's not, Kobe's not. <laughs> I'm wild. Five. I'm really wild then. Hi. I'm like, I'm like, Kobe's not top five. I was like, Kobe's maybe six. Kobe's like six, seven, but he's not top five. And they're just like, you're wild. You're crazy. And then like, the argument got like so heated that like, it wasn't an argument, but it was just a debate that like security came upstairs because they thought we were fighting. <laughs> because we're like, we're, 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 yeah, we're like slamming on tables being like- These people are so loud. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff. And I was just like, no. And I was like, if you look at like the players, like like obviously not like really like super, super ranking, like actually no, the one and two 
interchangeable. I Fuck, myself, I wish I was in this conversation. I, I myself I would have LeBron James, then Michael Jordan, <clears throat> and then I'd probably have Kareem, Magic, and then I would have Shaq, then Kobe. Yeah, get the fuck out Interesting. That's what, Interesting. what I would have. Okay, here's the thing. We have had this conversation before, and I think it's a consensus agreement that the top seven, and the, I think the top four is acceptable that it's MJ, LeBron, Interchangeable, Kareem, Magic. You notice he said MJ first. He did say Interchangeable, but he said MJ first. Mm. Whatever. But yeah. it's like after that, it's anybody between Kobe, yeah. Shaq, Bill Russell, Wilt, and maybe Tim Duncan. Are you not talking include, about- not include like Larry Bird? Larry Bird's not top seven or top eight. Sorry. Sorry. What did you just <laughs> say? You said outside of the top two, it's those guys? Outside, outside the top four. Okay, say so your top. Kareem and Magic are the top. Those are the top four, and then yeah. okay, Shaq, Kobe, Bill Russell, Wilt, Tim, Larry. I think is a tier below. I'll tell you this: Larry's not my top five, but that man gets insanely disrespected. Insanely, he's top ten. He's I top agree, 10. he's definitely top okay. ten. No disrespect there. Yeah. Okay, so then for me, and we've talked about this before, I just start breaking it down. Wilt. For sure, makes a lot of people's top five, but he's too much of too much of a myth. I, you know I, I, mean? I don't. Have and the career wasn't five. long enough. The career and he, he and, and he has one championship. I know that's not everything, but that with that with that with one championship. Right. So for me, he falls out of that top. So now we're down top seven. The next guy for me, listen, bro. I'm a big Shaq fan, but Shaq has four uh five, four rings. Kobe has five. And I'll also tell you them why. together, fair. But I think everybody was like, yo, they were right there, right next to each other when they were winning. And then each of them have one MVP. And from there, it just goes to the personal accolades. Like Kobe has more all-stars. You know, Kobe has the points, all that. To me, Kobe gets a little bit of edge. I love you Shaq. Know, Shaq's probably my favorite way. center of all time. Ain't no way. Maybe you know what like, it is? You know, You know what it is for me? If you're if you were gonna compare Kobe and Shaq, whatever, why Shaq's not top five for me? He could have been the greatest player of all time. He could have been the greatest player of all time. Most probably the most dominant player we've ever not seen. Most is the most dominant. Name yeah, me a more dominant, dominant player. Name me a more Fair dominant enough. player than Shaq. Fair enough. Wilt might have that conversation, but I got Shaq still. Ain't no way. So the reason why I don't have him top five. When it's all said and done, as dominant as he is, I can stop him by fouling because I know he goes to the line and he misses. Yeah, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Since Kobe's death, so many fucking people have now moved Kobe yep. up. Because now what you wait until Kobe right dies to, to now give him his flowers? No, if if while he was alive, Kobe wasn't making your top five now that he's dead, he doesn't deserve to be in your top five. I disagree. Now. Can I? Well, can I, do I agree, because I he's dead. A lot of people because he's do, died. So then, I do agree. If, a lot of people have done that, but I remember yeah. watching conversations of people having Kobe over LeBron before his death, before his unfortunate passing. Right, okay. right. But this is what I mean, right? Like it's. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard agree. of that. I've heard of that, but rare. Yes, I've heard of that, but rare. Yeah, I do agree that it did happen like that, where the myth of Kobe and again his unfortunate passing did up his position. But I still think when we look at accolades. I think it's a tough conversation. Okay, hold on, hold on. 
Going back to the Kobe thing, I totally agree. I just saw a video this past week where someone had Kobe as number one. They had, they had LeBron as number five. They had Michael as number three. I said, what is wow. this? And then again, this is like the Law That Up podcast. Do they have Chris a Herrick. I can't remember. I think it was like, I think it was, it was either Kareem or Wilt. Yeah, it was really weird. Anyways, I had this conversation with Tarek, and I was like, the same thing that we're having now, the same thing we've been talking about since he passed. Kobe is a great player. I know people that have Kobe outside of their top 10. I have him, obviously, inside. I know. I saw your eyes go wide. But unfortunately, how we lost him and how soon we lost him is affecting how people perceive him and his his all-time ranking. Unfortunately. He is one of the greatest players of all time. Kobe Bryant is not a top three player of all time. Not he's top not three, a top three player. Sure. He's a top seven player. I don't know if he's top five. He's For me, he's in between that window. He's three to seven. He's not top three because there's other guys there that have done more. Okay. And, and this is efficient. what I wanted to get to. And we went through it. So we talked about it. Out of the four. So it's MJ or LeBron. Magic, Kareem, and again, those I messed it up. Kareem or Magic, you can go which way. From the fifth to the seventh, now we're left with Kobe, Bill Russell, and Tim Duncan. And I'll tell you who I probably have next. I know you do, and that's where I want to talk about it. So let's get to Bill Russell first. Okay. Do you guys think Bill Russell's top five? <sighs> and I this think, is such a I'm difficult a conversation. Exactly. Is Kobe because Kobe hasn't been inducted to the Hall of Fame yet, right? He yes, did yes. last year. Just recently. Last, just last year. Okay, 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 yeah. With KG. The thing okay. with Bill Russell that is so difficult is you cannot argue 11 championships. You cannot argue 11 championships. However, that can't be your only argument. That's where like, I'm like, I don't know. See, that's why, I do, that's why I don't, that's why I hate it. But when people say like, we got to look at accolades for stuff like that. And you got to compare shit like that. You got to do this. You got to, because like you said, like, what? Bill Russell has like, what, 10 championships? 11. Uh, 11. Yeah. <laughs> by, by that standard, he's like, oh, this guy's the greatest fucking player of all time. Exactly. Yeah, but that standard, you can pick role players who won with him. as Robert Ory won seven championships. But yeah. we're not doing that, right? But then again, because... it's like, if you look at Kobe's accolades, what did he get? Like Five 96, 96, 97, all rookie selection, 18 all star selections, 15 all NBA selections, 18, 15 all oh, all NBA selections, 12 all defensive selections, two time scoring champion, 2007, 2008 most MVP, five time yeah, champion, and two time NBA finals MVP. And what and is so, his ranking in the all time points? And then, like and then you compare that I think to Shaq. Where yeah, Shaq got rookie of the year, 92-93. And then same thing, all-rookie selection, 15 all-star selection, 14 all-NBA selection, three times all-defensive selection, two-time league scoring leader, 99-2000 uh, league MVP, four-time NBA champion, three-time finals ever... MVP, and a Hall of Famer and Hall of Famer too. Like, dang. He so didn't get a TPO right? That, he never got a TPO no. And no. off of right that, I think you just said, like, Kobe has more all-defensive Kobe has more All NBA. Kobe has more All Stars. Then yes, who? Shaq has. Then Shaq. Okay. And Shaq does have that one more Finals MVP. But again, everybody says that that right they were right there with each other when they were playing. So you can have that over him, but Kobe has a few more things over Shaq. But it's like 
you know, if you look again, if you look at like dominance, things like that, and it's if you're gonna ask me to pick one or the other and build a franchise of like same I'm, same players, I'm yeah, picking no, Shaq. Disagree. I'm picking Shaq. No, 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 no. But hold on, hold on. I know, and I know that's not what the point you're trying to make, but I yeah. just want to make sure. Yeah. To determine the grade, like the the rank, our ranking, it's not who. If I had to pick who I want to franchise, it's based yeah. on the things that happen. Yeah, carry your ring. I'll take Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> Go to finals every year. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'll see you um, guys. In the, I'll see you in the finals with Chris Boucher. Okay, so, so go so back this to Bill is, Russell. Yeah, go ahead. Go back to Bill Russell. Uh, another thing that we talk about Bill Russell outside of the rings. When Bill Russell was playing, there was no All Defensive or That's there true. was no Defensive Player of the Year award. There was no All Defense award. These things that are being measured today. They weren't being measured for him, even though the guy is known as one of the best defenders of all time. He was a five MV, five-time MVP as well. I'm just looking at that. That's tough, bro. So again, you can have your opinion, but going off of that, I think Bill Russell's right there for me at five. Okay. But then this is a tough conversation between me and Tom. Yeah. Tim Duncan is not making it top five, brother. Okay. So like when I look at Tim Duncan, he was one of the most dominant players in his era, right? He won in three different decades. He has five championships. He's been uh, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defensive. The one thing that I knock on uh, Tim Duncan for is he never won a DPOI, but he wasn't that guy. Uh, three-time Finals MVP. If I'm comparing, I'm not – I again, I don't have Bill Russell there. I'm usually comparing with Kobe. Um and Kobe and Tim Duncan, that's a really good comparison. Besides the position, we're talking same era. So it's actually nice to compare. It's neck and neck. I really, I, I, I don't shame anybody if they take Kobe over Tim. Um, I just look at that. And then I also think about position. He dom- He's the most dominant power forward of all time. And again, I'm not saying that you can't have five shooting guards as your five greatest players of all time. Um, but... There's a guard, there's a shooting guard better than Kobe Bryant. There's no other power forward better than Tim Duncan. There is a, okay, I do agree. With and, 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 and I should than... say that shooting guard better than Kobe Bryant is <laughs> Michael Jordan. And it's, he's literally a clone of him. Literally, which people compare to have Kobe as the greatest, but they always say Jordan did it better. And that's why I've, I've I'll be honest with you, probably in the last month, I've accepted the possibility of Kobe possibly being top five. But as of right now, I don't. But the argument is for me, because he's so similar to Mike, and if I've got Mike in, as number one, and, and Kobe's literally got basically the same accolades except for a, a, a championship, a couple MVPs, and a DPOY, then how far, like, how big of a difference is that between him and Mike? Obviously, multiple rankings. Like, he's not going to pass LeBron, like... But yeah, yeah, and that's a, where I like this combo because it's tough. We look at it, we have always had this conversation where there's a clear consensus top seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Larry's probably the ninth, Tanti can throw in whoever, like Akeem, or I'm probably missing someone else too. Yeah, but again, Akeem like those top, top four guys, those top four guys, no question. Magic, saw, you know, I just saw a list and somebody had Kevin Durant. And there's like nine people do sometimes. Bro, I get it. Uh, remember, remember, shout out Eric Townsend. That guy fucking told me three years ago or four years ago. He fucking told me <laughs> that Kobe Bryant was not top ten. I said, well, no, he said he wasn't top fifteen. 
I said, okay, where is he? And he goes, he gives me the list. I'm like, you tell me 14 people or 15 people that come ahead of him. He got the 13. He said, okay, Kobe's 13th all time. Brother, he had fucking Manu Ginobili (laughs) ahead of Kobe Bryant. Manu Ginobili? He had Westbrook. I'm not even going to talk about Westbrook or AD that he had at him. Manu Ginobili? (laughs) What? Shout out, Rick, man. <laughs> That's the best one I've no. heard ever. It's like having no. Manu ahead of Kobe. Um, so Chris, yes. what is your top five then? Um, what I what I listed there. So I had LeBron, LeBron, Jordan, um, Kareem, Magic, and Shaq. See you, Ash. Those top four for sure. Uh, LeBron, Magic, Jordan, Kareem. No, I'm not doing it like a ranking. I'm just saying the names. And the fifth one, again, I think I got Kobe right now, but Bill Russell is tough. Like that, and again, it's a whole thing with like him playing back in the day that makes it a little bit more difficult, but 11 championships, bunch of like all defensive stuff that didn't even get counted in. That's true. He's, he's tough. It's difficult for me between those two. Tim Duncan and Shaq are definitely not making top five, but it's right now Kobe and then Bill Russell. Yeah. I'd probably go Mike, LeBron, Kareem. Again, you can't argue with Magic, what Magic was doing too. Um, Magic's top four. And then uh, Kobe, Tim are tied. I, I I would probably, fuck, I'd probably have Shaq above Bill Russell. Yeah. And again, with Tim, it's just like he was part of a dynasty. He was yeah. playing with the same coach over and over, and he was able to be able to fit in and just play his position at times. Like one of the finals MVP, like Tony Parker. Right? It just makes it a bit difficult, but at the end of the day, I think Kobe just beats him in a lot of stats, especially for me. Kobe being a top four in points all time, that's not true. a small feat for me. I think that's, that's true, but. But again, we just talked about this in terms of position and stuff. What about where's I? And I don't know. But where's Tim and rebounds? Where's Where's the Kobe compare? Where's Kobe and Tim comparison and assists? I don't know. Like Kobe might be higher. I actually don't know. But yeah, you know what I mean. Like Like, again, comparing the positions is tough. Exactly. Points is a good. Points is good. Yeah, but Kobe's likely to have more points. Kobe fucking shot the ball like a lot. but yeah, I don't know. I, again, I think I think that group of people everyone can understand, except for the blasphemous takes of people saying Kobe's out of their top ten or Manu Ginobili's better than Kobe. Like I don't, I don't get it. Um, okay, do we want to move off that conversation? Uh, all right, Sivash, you mentioned uh, a bit ago. It might have been in the first part. I can't remember. You mentioned the inside source of the inside source that you have in Bill Simmons. Um, mentioned an expansion coming in within the next six years. Um, you mentioned Seattle, which thank God, bro, they need a franchise. Get the Supersonics back there. And Vegas, which obviously you got to tap into that market. And Vegas is massive. And then you talked about, because LeBron has ownership in Liverpool right now. Um, and same owners or similar connects are within this Vegas organization. So, I think we talked about this in, like, the between episodes, so I'm not sure if we did get it on, but uh, I was just listening to Bill Simmons' podcast again. Shout out to him. Uh, he was saying that he has inside sources that there is uh, expansion teams coming in the next five to six years, most likely Seattle and uh, Vegas. Now, 
there might be a chance that Pelicans could be moved. So it could be 31 teams or it could be two new teams. Regardless, um, the organization, I forgot the team name, but the organization that has ownership with the Liverpool um, has the rights for one of those expansions. And Bill Simmons thinks, and he says he's willing to go on record with this, that there is a chance that LeBron could play for that team and or be an owner of that team moving forward because the costs of these new teams are not going to be as much as buying ownership in, into a new team or a team that's already existing. Okay. So, so my ears perk up because you mentioned the name LeBron. And this is what I'm thinking. And it's not what you're thinking. It's not what you're thinking. Trust me. This is what I'm thinking. We just watched LeBron, and like you mentioned, go on a press tour for the All-Star, right? And yeah. what was he talking about a lot of the time when he was going on this little press tour, Steve Ash? A lot of uh, GMs praising GMs. Sam Presti and the picks, and then talking about That's Kobe true. Altman. And then after mm-hmm. the picks, he brought up something about Wanting to play with his son, if what the, whichever team drafts mm. him. Interesting. And they say he's so, pushing P. He's pushing P yeah, out or yeah, something yeah. like that. He did, he did P, say that. Link, I don't know. Yeah. Um, here's what I think. And again, I've got no basis or no... This is literally just came to my mind. It's all opinion. It's all opinion. So you said within the next six years, it's likely to happen. Bronny James, I think, is in grade 10 right now. Two more years, grade 11, grade 10. Um, two more years, let's say, and he's in college. And right now, it's currently still the one and done process. We don't know if, if Bronny is a one and done player. However, I guarantee you that he is a one and done player because LeBron said that whatever team drafts his son, LeBron will join. So now that's guaranteed Bronny James Jr. a spot in the NBA. Now, if we're looking two years, possibly three years into the future, that's within six years. That's potential. So we could see an expansion team. An expansion teams to try to give them, you know, uh, a boost of confidence or to give them a chance to kind of get, you know, their wheels underneath them. They usually get a top end pick. Usually a lottery pick, top ten. Hmm. So LeBron's got connects in Vegas with this organization. And Bronny might be drafted within the next three years. And LeBron wants to play with his son. Hmm. I wonder, because we're because he, he said he'll go to whatever team. And I don't really want to see LeBron in an Orlando jersey. I don't want to see LeBron in an OKC jersey. LeBron and Vegas would be pretty fucking cool. LeBron James and Bronny Jr. in Vegas? Talk about Fair ticket sales. The tour for the the Fairbird tour? Like, come on, man. Kobe yeah, did that and made bank. Talk about ticket sales, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think that would be the perfect scenario. And like you said, then LeBron can also get in with the ownership. Interesting. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. Yeah, Vegas is big. Like, I I could only imagine like the money that they're gonna try to put into that because of yeah. just like man the area and like imagine somebody like James Harden playing for those teams like. Well, just using the strip club business. 
Yeah, just using recent expansion news, like the NHL a couple of years ago, they just expanded to Seattle, but they expanded to Las Vegas, and they were the first ones to do that out of the four major. Um, you know, they were, they were before the NFL with the Raiders going to Las Vegas. And, dude, they are, like, people speak so highly of that facility. Like, they've got, like, pregame shows where, like, there's knights in, like, armor fighting on the ice. And there's, like, a light show on the ice. Like, they do it big in Vegas. So, yeah. Out of Vegas, bro. Yeah. It'll be massive. I mean, I've never been. You've been. So, can you imagine, like, you saw all those lights. Oh. Like, can you imagine the Vegas yeah, and LeBron? Dude. Like, dude, I think that's a perfect pairing. You bro, think, that'd be fuck, fuck the Lakers ridiculous. and LeBron. Vegas and LeBron, bro. Because everybody goes to L.A. But when you go to Vegas, you want to do something big. You just go there yeah. once a year, once every few years. And hey, listen, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so you might as well go out big for your the pre-shows, the halftime shows, make it an experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, and and Vegas, there's a lot of money there. They have no shame in throwing money in the way of the Le- of the LeBron James family. So, and and it's too. it's in Nevada. Nevada's right near California, not a far way away from Savannah. And if you're in Las Vegas. You want a team there because it brings in more attraction. You already got all the casino. You already got the lifestyle. Now bring in a team so somebody wants to come see this guy as well as be out here. It brings in more of an attraction. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That would be interesting. If if that actually happens, we're clipping this and we're saying Lob It Up called it. We're saying. I mean, Bill Simmons called it, but, you know, we expanded well, on that. We expanded <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> we're bringing um, it to the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We speak to the blue-collar people. Um, okay, so that's all I have. Again, just wanted to touch on that Vegas and LeBron possible scenario. Uh, Chris or Seabash, are there any more points? I know we covered so much in these two episodes, but is there anything else we need to speak about before um, we sign off until next week? Yeah, I just wanted to bring up a conversation about how LeBron's better than Jordan. I'm kidding. We're not. We got nothing else. To talk about. <laughs> we don't have time for that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. we don't have time. We've already been at this for almost three hours, so That's we're not going to do it another next time. Week. Next week, next week. <laughs> That's true. All right, well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Lob It Up podcast. We are your hosts, Tobias, Steve Ash, and Chris. I almost called myself Chris, um, but uh, until the next yeah. one, peace. Haters, haters want to be in here. <laughs> uh, they, hate us at, they hate us till they hate us. They hate us because they didn't get anus. There you go.